I hope you all can hear us uh, out there. Uh, but as I said, uh, school is out tomorrow. You can uh, let the kids know. Uh, probably won't be in until maybe Thursday, I think, uh, the next couple of days, because nobody can drive on ice. I don't care who you think you are, but you can't drive on ice. It is a very dangerous situation out there. Be very, very careful. So there are many ways to get this radio broadcast. Uh, of course, the first way is uh, right now live on 91.7 on your FM dial. That's WYXR. You can also pick us up on the YXR app. Uh, we are also available live on the TuneIn app. Uh, put uh, WYXR in the search and hit play and you'll be able to hear us. Uh, as well as uh, we are on Facebook Live. And when the show is posted tomorrow, you can uh, find us uh, on uh, uh, YouTube. And uh, as we are a podcast, you can catch us wherever it is you get your podcast. Very, very, very good. We have a very busy show for you tonight. A lot to talk about, a lot going on. Uh, of course, our guest uh, this evening, uh, we have three outstanding guests. Uh, uh, we'll be talking with uh, Doug McGowan in just a few minutes. Uh, Doug is the president and CEO of MLGW. And uh, full disclosure, when I reached out to him initially to be a guest, it was just to talk a little bit about the transition and, and coming into things. As soon as he got here, of course, we had that last ice storm just about a month or so ago uh, with rolling blackouts in the whole nine yards. And so and now we have another uh, ice storm headed our way. So we'll talk to them about the preps uh, and uh, situations in reference to what MLGW is su suggesting for all of us. A little bit later on in the show, we will be speaking with Keith Norman. He is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church Broad. And of course, uh, in, in the wake of the release of the video of Tyreek Nichols, uh, he was on TV quite a bit this weekend uh, offering uh, his perspective and analysis, and we will get that from him as well uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, there have been some updates on that case. I'll bring you up to snuff uh, in, just a, in just a minute or two. And uh, in the uh, second half hour of the show, uh, we are going to pay tribute to yet another a uh, radio broadcasting legend in his town. Uh, her name is Tracy Bethay, and uh, she's going to join us uh, to talk about her her career and, of course, a brand new challenge uh, that uh, she had been offered by the folks at uh, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, and it's all kind of in memory of her uh, mentor, radio mentor. So we'll uh, get all into that in just a few minutes, but first things first, before we start, uh, many of you uh, celebrated a birthday today. You may have had one over the weekend or have one coming up. This is the time of the broadcast when we uh, shout you out. So without further ado, we can't do it unless I say, hit it, Bryn. Celebrating birthdays on this 30th day of January 2023. Happy birthday is going out to Josephine Faulkner. Robert Williams is celebrating his birthday today, as in Kimberly Cornette. Christopher Barnes, Sheba Potts Wright celebrating today. Happy birthday to Fred Cunningham, Leon Seals from Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Denise Beal, and Diane Boyd Stamps. So to each and every one of you, I hope that your day was filled with fun and laughter and uh, that you are celebrating the way one should. And hopefully, uh, if we're back here next year, we will be here to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Happy birthday, each and every one. Thank you, Brent. All right, so uh, the uh, only news I'm going to discuss in this particular segment that has to do with Tyreek Nichols uh, and his uh, tragic uh, murder at the hands of uh, 
some uh, Memphis police officers, of course, uh, the release of the video uh, occurred last Friday evening. And I don't know uh, how many of you saw it. Uh, I did happen to see it. Uh, and it was just as bad as um, we had heard about beforehand. Uh, as you know, five uh, police officers uh, were uh, suspended, eventually arrested, and eventually charged uh, with uh, his death. Uh, the uh, the uh, most serious charge of all of them, of course, is second-degree murder. And now uh, we are starting to, to hear a little bit more about, uh, as this investigation continues on, uh, we'll offer my kudos to uh, Chief C.J. Uh, Davis and uh, D.A. Mulroy uh, for the quick work uh, in, in terms of this investigation. Uh, Chief Davis uh, saw the video and uh made uh, quick moves uh, for an in-house administrative, uh, uh, you know, uh, investigation in terms of that, uh, deemed that, uh, yes, indeed, uh, there were some uh, issues that had happened uh, that were highly irregular, and they were fired. And on, on the back of them being fired, uh, they were then charged by D.A. Mulroy, uh, five of them, of course. And uh, as as it stands now, there are more individuals. Uh, in the last hour, we found out that uh, three EMTs from the fire department, you know, we had heard that they responded uh, and that there was an investigation. Those folks had been uh, suspended from duty until the, the results of the investigation. Well, three of them, Robert Long, Jamichael Sandrich, and Lieutenant Michelle Whitaker uh, were all terminated from the Memphis Fire Department uh, this afternoon uh, in reference to their role uh, in uh, this particular case in terms of uh, uh, the, the aid that was rendered. The charge was failure to conduct an adequate assessment. Uh, so they are no longer on the force. We did hear earlier today uh, that yet another officer uh has not been fired, but uh, he is uh, under investigation and he's relieved of duty. Uh, his name is Preston Hemphill. Uh, he is a five-year uh, officer uh, with the police department. He was at the scene that evening uh, when um, Tyree was first pulled over. Yeah, he was one of the officers that responded to that scene. Uh, he's uh, the man that pulled out the taser uh, and, and tried to tase uh, uh, Tyree Nichols um, as he ran off, he didn't know what was going on out there that night. And he was also uh, uh, made, you could hear him very clearly on the tape, make a very derogatory statement about what he thought should happen uh, to Tyree uh, as uh, the police were pursuing him. So he's been relieved of duty. He is a white officer. Uh, and uh, so now this starts to this starts to 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 make us wonder about exactly some of the reasoning uh, for this. He was suspended with the rest of the five officers, uh, you know, initially when they were all suspended. Uh, but uh, we never knew his name. We never knew who he was until today. Then they released that information. He is still uh, employed with the Memphis Police Department. Uh, we will see how all of this unfolds. And within the last 30 minutes, we now understand that there is a seventh officer that has also been uh, suspended, uh, and he's on leave as well uh, in, in terms of this investigation. Uh, I guarantee you there will be many, many more, because if you did see the video, you, you saw that there were several officers on the scene, including two 
Shelby County Sheriff's deputies uh, who are now under uh, internal investigation and on been put on leave by Sheriff Bonner um, because uh, why were they even there? Apparently, he didn't know they were there. And uh, I don't know if they didn't call dispatch. Who knew they were there? Why they were there? Why they showed up in the first place? So that is going to be another investigation. So, uh, again, as uh, D.A. Mulroy uh, has stated, this is still an active and ongoing investigation. Uh, and uh, there will be a lot uh, more to this as time uh, moves along. All of these officers will be back in court on February 17th. Two of the five uh, have retained attorneys and uh, plan to plead not guilty uh, in all of this. So this has just really been a terrible time uh, for all of us. Uh, the world is watching uh, what is happening in Memphis. Uh, you know, and, and one thing I will say uh, in terms of the conduct of our citizens here, you have the absolute right to protest. And I mean, it, without question, but the conduct showed uh, uh, from our people out there on the streets, uh, nonviolence. The family did not want violence to be attached to this, even though their son was killed in a very violent manner. They wanted this to be a peaceful protest. And as of uh, this point, uh, this evening, uh, it has been. All of the marches, uh, all of the protests have been peaceful in nature. And, and, and God bless each and every one uh, uh, of us. Uh, who is outraged by all of this. And I will say I'm one of those people, uh, but but you know how to handle these things in the appropriate way. And so we're very, very thankful uh, for that. Uh, earlier today, the uh, parents of uh, Tyree Nichols were invited by the White House to attend the uh, State of the Union address, which will be held in Washington, D.C. Uh, next month uh, by the president. So, um, uh, again, all of us are are, are are shocked and saddened by what we saw and, and what we and what we know now that happened. Um, I will say that uh, the funeral, in case you hadn't heard, is Wednesday uh, at 10:30 a.m. at Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church. Uh, it will be he will be eulogized by uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton. So uh, once again, a lot going on here. This is an ongoing investigation and we're going to continue to monitor it. We're going to keep you updated with the latest information. We're going to get into our broadcast now and uh, we'll take our first commercial break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to talk to the president and CEO of Memphis Light, Gas and Water. His name is Doug McGowan. And uh, when I reached out to him initially, I uh, did not know about this ice storm, but we know about it now. So we'll talk to him about that and some of the preps uh, that uh, they will be uh, taking the next couple of days. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm sorry. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. We'll take our first break and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. It's 
WYXR is supported by the Onstage at the Halloran Center Music and Theater Series, presenting an evening with Don Bryant and the Bo Keys on Friday, February 10th. Memphis soul man Don Bryant was a solo artist at High Records during the label's 1970s heyday. However, many didn't discover his talent until the release of his 2017 album, Don't Give Up on Love, his first soul album in 48 years. More information at orpheum-memphis.com. So many times I loved before. WYXR is supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center 2022-2023 season, which continues in downtown Memphis. Experience live entertainment with music, magic, and more, including the return of Orchestra Unplugged and the Songwriter Series events. More information and the full lineup at orpheum-memphis.com slash onstage. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk on this uh, chilly Monday evening in the city. Chip here with you. Uh, I'm very happy to uh, have our, my first guest with us. Uh, he is uh, the new president and CEO of Memphis Light, Gas, and Water, and he is Mr. Doug McGowan. And Doug, uh, once again, welcome to Real Talk Memphis. Uh, very happy to have you on the show tonight. Thanks, Chip. Glad to be with you. I know that it is a very busy time for you, as it has been ever since you uh, took that chair. Uh, we are expecting uh, some uh, some wintry precipitation anytime now uh, for the next couple of days. And when I reached out to you initially, I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about your transition and how things were going, especially after that last ice storm. Uh, but now we're faced with another one. So uh, you all uh, you all getting prepped and ready to go for uh, the next couple of days here? Yeah, we are, Chip. And uh, unlike the last storm, uh, this is a little different. This is uh, some frozen precipitation, or the worst thing is freezing rain, and that is snow that melts, and then it stays melted until it hits the ground and then freezes again. That's what causes the ice accumulation. Mm-hmm. You know, the last uh, storm we had really wasn't much precipitation. It was just extremely cold temperatures and some winds that precipitated the power outages and then the water crisis that followed. So we're about as prepared as we can be tonight. We have a whole bunch of crews on standby, tree-cutting crews. And uh, we'll be ready to respond if there are any powder outages. Uh, you, what's your biggest concern? You, you mentioned the trees, of course, the branches and things like that. Is, is that is that probably one of the main concerns that you're looking at in terms of, uh, of what may happen? Sure. As far as uh, things that we're responsible for here at Memphis Lake Gas and Water, uh, anytime uh, freezing rain comes down, it will cause an accumulation of ice. Any accumulation of ice will add weight, um, especially to brittle tree branches. Mm. Um, the more, you know, I've, I've read a statistic that said it can, a freezing rain can add up to 30 times the weight on a tree branch. They're already pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, that additional uh, weight they can't support. That means the branches or the trees might come down. They could affect the power lines. If there's enough freezing rain, it could actually add, you know, five or 600 pounds to the actual power lines, causing them to come down. So if it stays about a quarter inch or under, uh, we should see minimal amounts of power outages and damage but if it gets above a quarter of an inch of accumulation that's when you start to see some more widespread outages and some trees coming down 
So uh, I want to uh, go back, of course, uh, about a month or so ago, as you as you sort of alluded to, that last storm that we had uh, where it was just extraordinarily cold. Uh, and we saw something in this uh, in this city and maybe throughout the state, uh, courtesy of TVA, that I don't think anybody's ever seen, and that was rolling blackouts. Uh, I don't think that, uh, and I think a lot of folks uh, will be in agreement that that was uh, handled very well. Not, not, of course, not by you all, but but by TVA uh, in, in terms of that. Had you ever even seen or heard of a rolling blackout situation uh, here in Tennessee? No, not here in Tennessee. That's the first time that's happened in the last 90 years. Mm. I think we're all fortunate to have that uh, history. Um, you know, I've lived all over the country and all over the world. You know, I spent three tours when I was in the Navy in California, and rolling blackouts were a normal way of life. And that's certainly not something we want to get into here. So it was very rare. Uh, it was caused by the very, very deep cold temperatures that were across a broad area of the South. It caused electrical demand to go very high in other areas uh, where they don't have as much natural gas heat. They have a lot more electric heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it gets really cold, that causes uh, the electric demand to go way up. Uh, at the same time, that the wind and the precipitation that we did have caused some failures in electrical generation. It basically froze some sensors on those coal-fired, natural gas-fired plants, and it shut those plants down. So it really was two things. A, TVA couldn't generate enough power because it lost some generators. Mm-hmm. B, the demand went sky high. And then the last thing was TVA was not able to buy any power to import because the folks at Duke Energy and PJM, which are our neighbors, they had problems of their own. They didn't have any extra power because they were going through exactly the same thing. So it was really a perfect storm. Uh, we hope we never have to do that again, but you can bet we'll be better prepared when it, uh, if and when it ever happens again. If you're just joining us, we are speaking with uh, the uh, president and CEO of Memphis Light Gas and Water. He is Doug McGowan, and and Doug, I, I know that uh, coming into uh, you know as you as you came into uh, the company, there there were a lot of uh, things uh, that uh, you wanted to work on. Uh, you know, we've always had an issue with our infrastructure and a, and a lot of things like that. As you start to you know to 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 move forward in this process, what are some of your priorities uh, in terms of not only customer service but just uh, but just the whole function of uh, MLGW as a whole? Right. Well, three exciting things. Number one, uh, the the first priority I have is I told our folks that we have to earn our customers' business. Um, that might sound funny because we know that people do, generally don't have a choice, but we ought to act like our customers have a choice. Mm-hmm and earn the business. That means a lot of things from improving customer service to improving the reliability of uh, the infrastructure that we do have. So that's uh, the first and foremost uh, for me. And the way that we operationalize that is I I ask our team to think about two things when they come in in the morning. Number one, what can I do to make it easier or better for a customer today? Mm -hmm. And what can I do to make it easier or better for a colleague today? We need to support each other in this work. So I think that'll start moving us towards that better customer service. Um, The second priority I have is to really accelerate that infrastructure investment. As you know, they had a way forward plan. It was supposed to be a five-year plan. It's now gonna be about seven because of the two-year impact of COVID. It really impacted workforce. In other words, we couldn't get the contractors we needed and it impacted the supply chain. We couldn't get the parts we needed. Some of that's easing up a little bit. So we're gonna double down and we're gonna reinvest. What that really means is we're focusing a lot on electric reliability, especially in those problem areas where you have very old infrastructure, a lot of tree canopy. We'll be doing a lot of work there. Um, the third piece was um, 
I know that many people complain all the time about the number of street lights that are out and it's still too dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a two-prong approach, number one, we're going to have a small team to help reduce that number of street light outages. But uh, I'm pleased to say that we are converting all of the lights, uh, street lights in the city of Memphis to LED street lights. And that will happen this year. We're already underway. Okay. will happen this year uh, for everyone. And then we have in our surrounding communities and the other municipalities a desire from their mayors to potentially look at those LEDs. So we want to immediately engage with them to see how we can help them make a change for LED streetlights in their community as well. So I think people will see a very real dramatic difference. The LEDs are much brighter. They make uh, the environment seem much safer because it's much closer to daylight than it is to dark. Well, that's excellent news uh, for everybody concerned. Let me ask you uh, about something that has been a kind of a debate for 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 a long time now um, about power uh, power poles and maybe uh, the need for uh, um, putting a lot of those uh, cables and things underground. Uh, sure. What what's your take on that? And, and I mean, is that something that 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 you all may, might be looking at, or, or exactly, you know, where are you with that? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, about forty percent of our infrastructure is underground, and about sixty percent is overhead. Mm-hmm. So, in the older parts of the city, um, uh, you'll see that there is much more overhead. That's the power lines on power poles. And as you go further out east, as our city grew outward, when those new subdivisions were built in the 60s and 70s and 80s, they put a lot of the infrastructure underground. So, uh, but it's a choice. Uh, Underground utilities are not a panacea. They don't fix everything because uh, contrary to popular belief, underground cables do degrade over time and do need to be replaced over time. Now, Mm -hmm. certainly they're not subject to the same impacts from wind and snow, Mm -hmm. but water and corrosion are problems. And so they do need to be replaced from time to time. Um, It is a incredibly expensive to bury what's overhead underground. And so it's really just a trade-off of having the most reliable electrical power to, that we can for the rate that we're asking people to pay. And that's always a balance. Sure. If we were to underground everything, everybody's going to pay a significantly higher electrical bill. Uh, but we think with the way forward plan, it's a really good balance. Whether your power supply is underground or overhead, you shouldn't have to think about that. We should just get the power to you reliably. I will need some help, though. Um, I talked about the wonderful tree canopy we have in Memphis. Mm-hmm. With those overhead power lines and where the trees are very close to it, unfortunately, we do have to cut back some of those trees sure. so that they don't interact with the power lines. And nobody likes to have the tree in their front yard cut. Mm-hmm. The good news is if we do cut it, uh, your reliability will go up. And the second thing is, trees will grow back. There you go. So we can get more trees there, uh, but we're going to ask for some folks' help uh, because we want to make sure you don't have to think about reliable power. Well, Doug, I, uh, I've known you for a while now. We worked together uh, during the COVID-19, sure. and, uh, you know, they, 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 they got the right one uh, in place over there. I worked at MLGW for four-plus years, so uh, I know how the process goes. But, listen, congratulations, uh, you know, on, on, on assuming uh, the position. Uh, and I think we're in, in really good hands. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, join me tonight and join our listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chip, and thanks to all your listeners. Everybody be safe, and uh, if you don't have to drive, don't do so. 
Absolutely. Very good words. Thank you. Uh, Doug McGowan, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is the president and CEO of Memphis Light, Gas and Water. And uh, he joined us uh, uh, to talk about uh, some of uh, his plans as uh, they continue to move forward uh, in terms of uh, improving technology and a lot of other things in terms of <clears throat> more reliable uh, you know, uh, electrical sources and everything else that we need here. He's all about reliability and trust, and uh, we need to trust MLGW, and we thank him for coming on the show. We're going to take our next break, and when we come back, we are going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Tyree Nichols case with uh, Pastor Keith Norman. This is Real Talk Memphis for a chilly Monday evening. I'm Chip. A quick break, and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by the Germantown Performing Arts Center, presenting Nico Case on Saturday, February 4th. Nico Case is on tour in support of her newest album, Wild Creatures, which pulls together high points of feral joy from 21 years of solo work. The performance will include an opening set by Indigo Spark. More information at gpacweb.com. Are you interested in sponsoring the show and want to support WYXR at the same time? To find out how, email us at sponsorships at wyxr.org. Like what you're hearing? WYXR is a listener-supported station. Help keep the sound of Memphis alive by donating at wyxr.org. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening. And uh, we started the show uh, by talking about uh, Tyree Nichols, and I've dedicated this program to him tonight. Uh, we have heard a lot of voices uh, from a lot of different folks, uh, you know, in our region. It's been all over national news. It's international news as well. And one of the voices that we heard uh, and one of the people uh, who uh, has been in in the kind of in the middle of this in reference to speaking with our city officials and even our law enforcement officials uh, is a voice that many of us know and respect uh, in our city. Please welcome uh, to Real Talk Memphis, uh, Keith Norman, senior pastor, First Baptist Church Broad. And Pastor Keith, it's great to see you again, my friend. Chip, it's always good to see you, man. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And, uh, you know, this uh, particular situation uh, that has placed our city 
on the map is not something that any of us can be proud of. Uh, as I stated, uh, you have spoken uh, with the city officials and, and some of the law enforcement officials, and you did uh, some fine commentary on, on several of the news outlets uh, over the weekend. I guess my first question to you is, is, uh, is, is, is how do you assess all this uh, in, in terms of what happened and how did it make you feel? Uh, first of all, it was a terrible travesty of justice of any kind. My heart went out immediately to the family once I learned about this. Uh, this should have never happened under any circumstances. There's no excuse for it, no reason for it to happen. However, when these kinds of things happen, it's the response to it that determines so much of how other people will either trust and move forward or reject what happens that comes out of it. So once the Nichols family uh, began to speak about it and how they wanted to see us move, we began to follow their lead. They were a peaceful family. They are kind people. Uh, they have really done a wonderful job leading our city with the tone of what they wanted to see as a response. But it then required the proper response from law enforcement and from government and then the right response and support from community to make sure that we did what we were supposed to do to undergird this family. I think those things began to happen early on, and it was the timeliness that made it uh, okay and made it palpable. But once the video was released, more questions began to arise, and now we've got to step back up to the plate. And this transparency pathway that we've taken, we cannot, you know, abort that right now. We got to continue to walk forward. We have to continue to give forth information and not make the public cry and investigate for information. It needs to be released and it needs to be uncovered. Many people uh, around uh, here, around the city and, and even around the country uh, are praising uh, Chief Davis uh, and the mm -hmm. DA Mulroy uh, for the rather swift uh, action uh, that was taken. Uh, she uh, suspended these officers uh, in the midst of an internal investigation, uh, later uh, fired all of these officers. And of course, uh, uh, DA Mulroy came back with some pretty substantial charges in reference uh, to this uh, before the video came out. Uh, there has been conversation about uh, maybe this being a template for how uh, these types of investigations can be done, uh, you know, moving forward nationwide. Do you have any thoughts about that? Definitely. Uh, this is how it should be done. Uh, most certainly it should come forth in a very timely manner. Uh, even scripture supports that. Ecclesiastes 8 and 11 says something very profound when the sentence against an evil matter is not executed speedily. Uh, people take it within their own hands to do what they feel like is right. And so they gave us the information. Now, let me say this. Once they did what I would like to refer to as their due diligence and their jobs, they have to also be careful not to subvert justice or allow for something to happen by doing too much or saying too much. So they did time it very well. Uh, Chief Davis did time it very well. She, she terminated the officers. And then she stood down to let the DA come forth and say, now I'm going to press charges. That process took its natural course. Now it's time to take all of those secondary steps, things that we know, like the other officers who were involved. It's time for them to uh, face charges. It's time for their faces to be put forth as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's time for us to know who was there and what role they played, and then to say, let justice run its course in their life as well. No matter who they're connected to, uh, race, creed, or color doesn't matter transparency has to still follow the pattern and the pathway. 
So, you know, uh, having said what you said, of course, uh, you know, we got some more news today. Earlier today, we found out uh, that, uh, you know, a white officer was at the scene and uh, he's been apparently he's been uh, relieved of duty ever since this this whole episode started. But kind of going back to what you said, we just found out about who he was today. And then and then later on this evening, uh, we heard that there was a seventh officer as yet unnamed uh, that has been relieved of duty. And that three EMTs who we knew about that night um, were terminated uh, this afternoon as well. So uh, does it bother you in terms of the timing of this? I think it goes back to what you were saying initially. Everything has to be done, you know, in in, in a certain way. But we don't want trickles. I mean, there were more officers at the scene standing around. There was a lot of, uh, you know, we saw it in the video, so there's no denying it. So does it bother you that the the, the events of today in in particular in terms of a timing perspective? So, Chip, they don't bother me per se, and I want to deal with two things when we deal with this. Number one, it's clear that there were five officers who enacted the violence which took the life of Tyree Nichols. Yes. So those five officers had to be dealt with in their own bucket. If you try to pile everybody into the same swath and say we're going to get everybody, it's going to be very hard for the DA to sort the charges out and to bring justice. So he brought justice towards those individuals whom actually had a hand in killing Tyree uh, Nichols. Mm -hmm. So that was the first batch. Then the people who failed to respond, we need to deal with that. And the officers who were there who failed to report and then may have incited or raised the level of tension by the words that they said and the approach that they did, the violation of policy. We're gonna get to all of those officers and they should be terminated because violation of policy is equitable across across the board. Mm -hmm. So everybody who violated policy, fire them. Criminal charges are a thing of a very different nature. So you don't want to apply criminal charges just in a what I call a willy-nilly kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that they stick. They got the five guys who were slugging and beating and batoning this innocent man. Then you go back and say, let's get the guy who tased him. Let's go back and get the guy who used uh, improper language. Let's go get the people who stood around and did absolutely nothing. Second thing. There's something about our biases, Chip, and we have to deal with this, that when we saw this, many people saw this, and some people admitted it, they wanted to think this occurred at the hands of a person who was not black. Reality of it was when we found out that one of the officers possibly was not black, there was this rush to why wasn't the white person arrested? But if the white person wasn't there slugging and beating, it wasn't necessary for them to be arrested at that moment, but it is necessary for them to stand charges for their lack of transparency and their participation in this crime. You don't want to lose your case on trying to get the people who actually committed the crime because you're going after someone who was standing by. The word uh, culture uh, is mm-hmm. is has been very pronounced uh, here lately uh, in, right. in, in terms of how we move forward. So I'll, I'll ask you, uh, how yeah. do we move forward from this? Well, it's got to be a, a pattern of trust. And it's got to, and let me be clear, it has to be a pattern of trust across all branches of law enforcement, uh, against all, against uh, even government and everyone. Transparency is a word that we often throw around, but here's what I want to share with you. 
if you were talking about a relationship, if you're talking about transparency, transparency, it's the quality of communication that we give to one another and that we bring forth without trying to peel back the layers of the onion and pry it out. Mm-hmm. Investigation will reveal certain things, but it brings about frustration. So remember that if I got to keep digging and digging and asking you, you know, what happened? Were you there between six and eight? And you look at your clock and say, well, no, I was there at 805. So, you know, you say, no, I wasn't there between six and eight. Well, the real question is, were you there? And so transparency will say I was there. Um, We had a situation where I was a little concerned even about the sheriffs. If they were there and Sheriff Bonner didn't know about it, what kind of transparency is that? Did they go and say to Sheriff Bonner, hey, Sheriff Bonner, I am here. I was there. I need to tell you this. That's transparency. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. And and people have to even self-report in transparency, even if it means I'm saying, listen, I didn't do anything, but I was on the scene and I need to let you know that much. We need to be able to trust law enforcement. And if you want the community to trust law enforcement, there has to be some transparency and support coming on there on their part. And the culture can't support that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the uh, Scorpion uh, unit, OCU unit, was quickly uh, disbanded. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you feel that was a good move. Uh, final question, uh, uh, how do we prevent internally things like this from happening again? I, I, I heard one of the city councilmen say, we don't want them to reinvent another unit uh, that does the same thing, but by a different name. So, Chip, let's be honest. We have crime in our city, and you need specialized units for investigative and intelligence gathering purposes to make sure that they are tracking some specifics. You're going to need, when you have I-55 running through uh, our city and you got 240 running around and I-40 running through, you're going to need drug units that know how to trace, track, and hear information from other states and cities and specialize in stopping those people from bringing drugs into our city and so forth. That's a specialized unit that has special training. They have uh, dogs who can help with that. And then they know how to look for these particular things. What they cannot do is have a separate culture that allows them to treat people or handle people in such a way that they uh, feel as if they are above the law. We have to deal with them within the framework of the law and deal with them as human beings and respectfully. What we saw in this case was clearly a situation where something went awry and something was terribly bad. It had nothing to do with law enforcement because this wasn't there was no law broken to enforce. Very, uh, very strong uh, words there. Very true words as, as, as well. Uh, we will continue to uh, keep a very close eye on this uh, investigation as it moves forward. Uh, Pastor Keith Norman, uh, so happy that uh, you uh, gave us a few minutes tonight uh, and some of your thoughts and, and some of your opinions as we move forward. Really appreciate you as always. And uh, I, I don't need to. I don't, I don't need to say it. We will continue, and we need your voice, and uh, we you. need voices like yours uh, to keep us on the right track. So, thank you again for 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 joining me tonight and our, joining our audience here on Real Talk Memphis. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you, Chip. I appreciate the opportunity. God bless. Thank you so much. Pastor, warm out there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Pastor, keep, Pastor Keep Norman, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and, uh, you know, some, some great points are made uh, in a situation that is, continues to unfold, uh, you know, and, and, and continues to unwind. Uh, we are all still uh, in, a, in a state of grief and mourning, I think, uh, in reference uh, to what happened to Tyreek Nichols. And uh, we will continue to watch very closely uh, as this investigation unfolds. We'll take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to shift gears and talk to uh, a radio personality legend in our city who was recently bestowed a a very big honor. Uh, This is Real Talk Memphis for this Monday evening. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center 2022-2023 season, which continues in downtown Memphis. Experience live entertainment with music, magic, and more, including the return of Orchestra Unplugged and the Songwriter Series events. More information and the full lineup at orpheum-memphis.com slash onstage. You're listening, but are you in the know? The WYXR weekly newsletter is the best source for keeping up with events at WYXR whether they are happening on our airwaves, behind the scenes, or out in the community. Log on to newsletter.wyxr.org to sign up for our mailing list and keep yourself in the loop. At WYXR, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and businesses who are making an impact in Memphis. If you are looking for ways to spread the word about your business on air and want to support WYXR at the same time, email us at sponsorships at wyxr.org. Can't find your radio? Maybe you're out of town and missing that Memphis feeling? WYXR can go with you wherever you travel with our mobile app for Android and Apple. Listen live or explore our archive and keep up to date with notifications. Download in your mobile app store by searching WYXR radio app or visit WYXR.org for more information. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And there you go. <laughs> Welcome back to Real Talk Memphis uh, for a uh, chilly Monday evening. Uh, Chip here, very happy to have you with us and very happy to have my next guest with us. Now, you know, many of us uh, know who she is. I will say that uh, she doesn't do many interviews, uh, so uh, I'm glad she didn't make me beg too long to be able to get her <laughs> on the show tonight. But uh, she is, by way of intro, uh, she's the current uh, program director for uh, 95.7 Hallelujah FM. She is a 
two-time Stellar Award winner for Announcer of uh, the Year. Uh, the station uh, itself has uh, is a three-time winner uh, for Radio Station of the Year. And she was recently named as the first female program director at WDIA, the legendary station here in town. She is Tracy Bethea. And Tracy, it's good to see you, my friend. And I'm so happy uh, that you made time to be with us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chip, for having me. I really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, this uh, this recent announcement by uh, the iHeartRadio group uh, in naming you uh, the first female ever uh, to uh, be the program director at the legendary WDIA, uh, very fitting for you uh, as a tribute to your mentor, Bobby OJ. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, it was. It was quite a shock to be exact. Um, I didn't expect it. I love what I do, and that is radio. And I was very content uh, being the program director of Hallelujah FM. But all of my training uh, definitely came under Bobby OJ when I started back in 1987. Uh, and I was just doing me, learning. Um, I was gifted to be able to learn from uh, some of the greats of WDIA from the Fred Moores and the Mike Jeffries yeah. and the Herb the Kings and the, you know, I mean, J. Michael Davis. It just goes on and on. Bev Johnson, of course. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when the time came, you know, May 3rd, when uh, the unfortunate and untimely death of Bobby OJ, which was um, just devastating to, to all of us. Sure. And people are still, I'm still trying to deal with that. Sure. Um, I was just, we do what we do, you help out. And so the next thing I know, um, they offered me the position. And with prayer, I took it because I love the station. I started there. Um, it's heritage. And I definitely, my heart is that the station will continue to do what it's always done since 1947. And that is to be the goodwill and good time station of the Mid-South and beyond. Absolutely that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't think of a better person uh, uh, to to do this. Uh, you have been in radio uh, for uh, quite a long time. I'm not trying to age you. I know you're only like, <laughs> I don't know you're only like 30, but you've been in the business uh, over three decades. Am I correct in that? Yeah, that's, 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 you know, when you do the work and when you do what you love, you just, time goes by. And to say that decades, that's just amazing to me. To say that I'm a part of history now yep. as the first black female of WDIA, that's because I still feel young. And again, you just do the work, but yeah, it's been that long. Well, let me tell you, you still feel young, but I'm old. And I feel old, too. But, you look good, Chip. You look great. Okay, okay, fine. But <laughs> I appreciate that. But, you but, do. But, 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 you know, back to doing what you love, because I, I love what I'm doing here. But, you know, you, 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 have, you, you mentioned just a very few of some of the, the, the extraordinarily legendary people uh, that, that passed through the doors of uh, WDIA. And of course, Bobby was there going on what four decades. He was there almost forty years, yeah. uh, and 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 uh, you know he had this program director thing down uh, pretty good. You and I were talking offline. You said everything he did, he did from his head. Now you you're having to learn a little bit about all this, don't, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Bobby was a genius. Again, when you love what you do, you put your passion into it, and that's 
Uh, one thing that I learned from Bobby OJ is integrity and work. Uh, and you step up to the plate and you do the work. Uh, but he was a phenomenal program director as far as the music was concerned. It was a feel good and still is a feel good station. Uh, but we also played the songs and the station was the culture of our station as well. When something wasn't right, Uncivil Rest, we had the music from yeah. the Stevie Wonders and, you know, those old people to play to, to you know, um, temper the heart of our listeners as well as say, listen, we've got to do something. The James Brown. So we were uh, beyond just a radio station. We were family, mm -hmm. you know, and still our family to these people that we would reach each and every day. Mm -hmm. You, you, uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, what you do on Hallelujah FM, uh, you know, each and every day, uh, you know, you take us through the afternoon and into the evening and drive time, and it is very clear that uh, that you love and enjoy what you what you do so much. Uh, tell me what it feels like or what it means to be recognized. Uh, as I, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, you you've uh, you've won a stellar award, which is. I would say the Academy Award of Gospel Music. I don't think I'm I'm I'm, I'm exaggerating when I say that, but that You're is an, that is an extraordinarily <laughs> high honor, and the station has been honored as Station of the Year, as I mentioned a few times as well. What does that mean uh, to you? Not not necessarily as a program director, but just someone who works at this station, who so many people listen to on a daily basis for their inspiration, uh, which we we really need these days. Uh it's it's it's. It means legacy to me, you know, and I don't do it. I never did it for the awards um, to have people come up to me now and ask for my autograph while I'm at Kroger or, you know, in the mall. That's it's it's a bait. It's funny to me because you really you don't do it for that. I just I grew up in the house listening to WDIA. I love music. So um, it's it feels good, uh, but it also carries great responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, as well, because, you know, I represent and, you know, I think when I think of the Martha Jean Queens and the Bev Johnson's shoulders that I stand on, uh, now I have to carry that on because uh, they're younger people, you know, that are coming up, particularly females, because you do know, Chip, this is still a male dominated genre, but mm -hmm. there are women, women that are coming into this industry and they're moving up in the ranks. Uh, of the entertainment world and radio beyond just radio personalities, which is wonderful, but to be in management and upper management, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And I, I'm excited about it. I really am. I don't think everything has sunk in yet because, again, you just do the work. So uh, one one quick question about about your about your your, your legacy in radio. You started out at WDIA, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, what made you uh, enter the world of gospel music? Oh, fun story. Okay. At WDIA, um, I started in the newsroom, mm -hmm. so I didn't. And 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 in college at UT Martin, my major was journalism, so I really wanted to get behind the scenes in TV. Mm -hmm. And um, once I got into DIA in the newsroom, Bobby, you know, we walking down the hall and sometimes they need the person to come and do a quick little drop. And he said, come in here and say this. He says, say AM 1070 WDIA. And so I said, AM 1070 WDIA. And he said, I'm going to use that as a drop. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> and I was never forget I was on Elvis Presley. No, I was on Reigns and Elvis Presley. And that's when I heard the drop for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I think I could do this. Okay. Then. And so I kind of started shadowing Bobby. And uh, one day he told me to listen to Linda Morgan, who was actually doing gospel at the time. Mm -hmm. And Linda was leaving DIA to go to WLOK. And so a position became available and um, I had the opportunity. He said, start listening to gospel. And so that's how I started working overnight. But from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., I was doing love songs. And then from 3 until 6, (laughs) I was doing gospel. And from there... (laughs) We moved to AM 990 The Light. Yeah, yeah. Interesting transition. That's a, that, 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 that is a great story. Well, listen, I I couldn't be any more proud of you, of you uh, as, as well as, uh, you know, so many people out there who are fans of yours. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it very clearly so everybody can hear me and understand. It's not a matter of if, but I'm so anxious to celebrate when you are inducted into the Tennessee Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame because it's coming, my friend. Absolutely bet on that. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so, and congratulations, uh, you know, for everything that you do for all of us on a daily basis. Thank you so much, Chip. I really appreciate that. It, it's a blessing to be able to to just touch people. And, you know, right now our city, our world needs to be touched. And to be able to do it with the medium of music I just get excited about it because something about music brings people together. It truly does. It does. So I'm honored. Well, my friend, uh, you know, once again, thank you for uh, taking some time out to uh, come and visit with us and all your fans out there tonight. There's so many people on this Facebook live line. I can't even count all of them. But but uh, anyway, uh, congratulations again. Best of luck to you. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you are always welcome uh, on this show again. And, and and we love you, Tracy. But thank you for taking some time. I really thank appreciate you, you, Chip. And if I may, real quick. Certainly. Uh, those that may never have, have had a chance to listen to WDIA, check us out on our, our station, if you don't mind, at mywdia.com. And um, we've got a new lineup, and I think you may like it. That's what radio pros do. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> I appreciate you, sweetheart. Have a great night. Thank you. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. So that was uh, a great show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tracy Bethay, the great Tracy Bethay, uh, new uh, program director at WDIA. Yeah, give her a listen. Uh, as she says, I have, and they sound absolutely great. So uh, as we wrap up this show, uh, I, I, I hope that you enjoyed the content and the conversation tonight. Uh, as I said at the outset, uh, I dedicated this program to uh, the memory of Tyree Nichols. And uh, listen, uh, you know, we can't make change, you know, unless we let our voices be heard. And uh, the protests uh, that are happening uh, here and elsewhere around the country uh, are peaceful in nature, uh, but your voices are very strong and they are being heard. Uh, so as Bryn plays this out, uh, I want to remind you that uh, in just a couple of minutes, uh, we have a, a, a live uh, talk in Memphis tonight uh, with a, a local group uh, uh, that is actually going to be here in studio. So we're about to clear out of here uh, so they can do their thing tonight. But listen, thank you again for watching, listening, or however you get us. Uh, if you like what we do, please tell somebody about it. Tell them to follow uh Real Talk Memphis. You know, we come here every week with the intent of trying to provide uh, information and entertainment uh, to you as well. Uh, so uh, for 
Nicole, for Lola, and for Bryn. I'm Chip. Thank you for being with us. We hope that you will join us again next week. Same time, same chair. We'll try to do it just a little bit better. I'm out. Have a great week. It's real.